Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I'm James Prescott, your host, and I'm delighted to welcome uh, jo- Joy Risa to the podcast today. Joy, um, Joy is a, an author and she's a blogger and she's a, um, a spiritual coach as well, I think. Um, she does all sorts of things and today um, we're going to be hearing her story and about what she does and what she's passionate about and they're going to have some fun conversations so welcome joy to the podcast thank you so much james i'm honored to be here with you so um tell us a bit about what you do and like just kind of basically what what your passion is and what what you do thank you um i'm a joy bringer so that what that means is through my presence I have healed into such love, peace, and joy. There are people who pick up energy and tell me how beautiful my energy is. I'm mm-hmm. a very clear, um, I don't have a busy brain anymore. Um, so I have been given books to write. Um, Divinity has woken me up and given me titles and structures of books to write. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certified in spiritual direction and I serve clients in that. I have led classes um, and then I have this line of material that there's a kind of material called batik, um, batik cotton that's made in Indonesia. Mm. I, bu- I buy it and pay a local seamstress to make things. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, so these, and they all have positive messages with them. Um, people, your list, the listeners can visit my website and learn more about everything that I do. Yeah, I'll give out, give out links and things um, towards the end. But um, okay. So just tell us a bit of your story, because you've got a really um, interesting story and um, background to how you got where you were. So I'd love to hear, I'd love you to just share that. Um, with everybody. Um, yeah, so just uh, tell us your story. Thank you, James. Well, oh my gosh, I am so, so grateful because today I am completely different than I ever was. Um, I was born into a family that squashed my joy and named me Joy. Um, so there was a sister who sassed a litany at me. Mom and dad put you back in the hospital because you cried too much. Then they got the wrong baby back. You really don't belong in our family. And this, you know, many people would believe, and I think I believe it now, that I chose this, that my soul chose this family so that my joy would be clobbered because what came with with that inside me I over time I had this deep sense of not belonging anywhere that I didn't belong inside my family I didn't belong with peers I never wore the right thing anywhere to a party or to a gathering Mm -hmm. I just had a very very self-conscious kid um But what I did is I wrote a lot of poetry. I was highly introverted. I wrote poetry and I sat on a rock and connected with divinity. Mm. And what has happened over the years 
Well, there were times that I started journaling a request. It was a prayer to become the joy I am created to be. And now I would understand that you don't have to keep repeating that. But I wrote that day after day in my journal. And I have been so led. I have had so many synchronistic events and meeting the right people to heal different things in me, to Mm -hmm. heal my perfectionism, my blocked creativity, my low self-esteem, my body. Nine years after my car was totaled, I was led to chiropractic. And I mean, I've just been totally led that I feel like I am more and more every day the mm. joy that I was, I am created to be. Mm. Um, and I keep getting, you know, these books, like two are in the world and three, um, book three and book four are children's books that already have written themselves through me with such fun and ease. And I'm starting to publish book three. Um, and book four will be coming along. Wow, that's fascinating. It's fascinating what you say about the, how these books have written themselves through you, or how these books, are, how how you see yourself as almost like a channel for these books, rather than the author of these books. I um, do, and in fact, James, the the third and the fourth books, well, the third one. When it started coming in February, Hmm. in eight stands of verse, I felt like I was channeling Dr. Seuss. And it turns out that a month and a half later, I was at a psychic arts, psychic and healing arts expo. And I was, I visited a woman because someone ran up to my booth where I was with my boutique wares and my books. And this person said, Joy, you have to go to reader number 22. She is incredible. And I asked reader number 22 Mm. about my third book. I feel like I'm channeling Dr. Seuss. She took a deep breath. She closed her eyes and she said, Ted Geisel, He's in your soul group. He helped you write this book. Well, that is, it. Was, his name had been Theodore Zeus Geisel. So the feeling I had had that Dr. Seuss was helping me write this book, that I was channeling Dr. Seuss is because he actually, his spirit was helping me write this book. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For someone who's a Christian, like this is really interesting to hear because I, yeah, a lot of the what I've been brought up with is, you know, we don't. I mean, like, we don't talk about kind of, you know, channeling people's spirits and, you know, the positive negative energy kind of thing. It doesn't really kind of. I know because I know that a lot of my listeners are, going to, are Christians, and so um, for them this will be this. Might, I mean, some of them might feel a bit 
either one, not either uncomfortable or just might, it might be new to them, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, for, for personally, like for me, um, I think there's a sense of there's a sense of kind of I think positive and negative energy in it in a purely kind of um, I don't want to say emotional sense, but there's there's, 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 there's science behind it. There's there's science behind our bodies do give off energy. Um, and, um, so I do think there's a sense of positive and negative energy in that sense, for sure. Um, and also in a scientific, from a kind of scientific background as well, we are all kind of connected, um, because we're all made of atoms and those atoms used to be other people. They used to be other, other things. So in that sense, we are literally connected scientifically. So there is certainly an element that we carry other people with us. If you see what I mean, um, I do. Yeah. And in terms of just our spirits as people, I think you know, as a Christian, even as a Christian, we we believe that our spirits live on after physical death. You know, so um, certainly what you're saying, kind of, I think it, I think it makes sense. I, th- I I like to think that everything belongs, and that anywhere you look for God, you can find Him, um, and that you can see God in more places if you're really looking and i think i like to think that what you're talking about is in a sense the spirit of god this you know this idea that you know that other people have inspired these books other people have helped you write these books um that you've been kind of a channel for these messages i think there's a very spiritual element to that yeah and the way i feel about that james is that because ever since I was little, I had such a strong feeling inside me that war was completely wrong. I sang, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me, with every fiber in my being when I was seven years old. And I never understood how one person could think one thing and another person could have You know, like I couldn't see sides if someone wanted me to choose sides. Mm. I couldn't because I saw each person having their own perspective. Mm. And I think that how I feel is that if I was given the spirit of Dr. Seuss to write this book, it is because I've held within me this deep, deep desire to bring a lot of love and peace and joy in the world. And I'm feeling like this book will do a lot of that. Um, It's a vehicle for my soul's expression that I wanted. I want the world to be more healed than it is. Um, Mm. I have always wanted that. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And right now, especially, I think we need as much of that as possible. We need... We need joy and we need more love, and um, I couldn't agree more with that. That you know, um, love is you know, love wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of my favourite phrases. Uh, love wins. Um, yeah. So I want to just ask about you know times that you've suffered in your life and how <laughs> and, and the struggles and challenges that you've you've had and. How have they shaped you and how they've shaped you and how they've shaped your creative process as well? Um, 
So yeah, just let us in on a bit of that if you can. Thank you. Sure, James. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have suffered um, in this lifetime. And my personal way of suffering was just that feeling that I mentioned of never belonging anywhere. Um, and that was for decades, for over five decades. And then um, the other thing, I was hiding for much of my life for, say, 50 years. I'm turning 60 next month. Wow. Um, <laughs> I would not have guessed that, I admit. <laughs> I, know. I know. I don't look my age. You don't, um, definitely not. Thank you. I don't understand that exactly, but I have made a lot of good choices, um, you know, I didn't like getting drunk. I didn't ever drink much. Or, um, mm. So the suffering was I hid. I felt really comfortable with invisibility for much of my life. Um, you know, it took me, well, my website, for example, is seven years old. Um, and it's been about seven years that I've been more becoming visible, um, mm. really, I think, living into my soul's um, destiny that I was mm. supposed to be named Joy, heal into my joy, and bring a lot of joy. Mm. So the suffering, there are other physical, um, I don't know if you talk about, it's, do you talk about everything here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. Um, okay. So like chronic constipation, right? Oh, um, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had that. My one sister had bulimia. My other sister had anorexia. We all had a stomach issue. And this had to do with, bless my father and my mother who have passed. Dad was a rageaholic, verbal abuser, door slamming, swearing person mm. so who he, who I understood him as was an unhealed guy who was a beautiful provider he was a physician mm. um and mom bless her heart was being verbally abused by dad so she had her perfectionism and low self-esteem and this beautiful heart she was as good as she can be to us but also passing on what I received was this perfectionism, which over time became a jail mm. that I felt suffocated and, and finally was able layer by layer to release aspects of perfectionism in me mm. so that now I am an experimenter. I'm an allower. I allow people to be who they are. I don't need to control them to be a particular way. Um, yeah. So I, re I really have just, um, I've been led to heal all the angst in, <laughs> inside me. And I, I now I'm just so grateful every moment and so awake to moments um, because life 
Well, let me say the other thing. I wasn't even in my body for many years. So I was one of those people living from the neck up, kind of abusing my body, not understanding my body. Um, but once I moved from Ohio in the U.S. to North Carolina, I'm in these ancient mountains and I met people who were talking about living from your soul and I got, I became grounded, like in, I'm in my body now. And I've, I've been to different healers. One of them said my birth suit was fractured and she knitted it back together. This was a very foreign concept, but it made sense to me. I had never felt real solid. I had felt like a very fragile person. Mm. Um, and after she, she did something like called, I don't, I don't remember the name, but it was, it was Rolfing without touching you. Um, but I am more solid. I'm here. And mm. I had, a, I was visited by um, God, you know, people call God all different things. And when God visited me in 2011, after um, I was having a huge experience of being shocked, um, my wrists, my ankles, like energy was shocking me. And I took a retreat in my house and I was praying and crying and reading spiritual texts. And lo and behold, I ended up receiving um, this visit from God who called himself the all. And what he said to me, part of it was, Joy, you just don't get it. With you in matter and me with the power of the universe, what we can accomplish. And this quote recently came back up inside my understanding a few days ago, and I just, I realized because if I was given the spirit of Dr. Seuss to write my third book, that is pretty powerful. That is the power of divinity because I am available to how divinity wants to express through me now because I'm not blocked with wounds and angst and anything. I'm a very clear, I think I'm a very clear channel for the expression of God through me now. Um, and it's um, really fun <laughs> to express. See, my throat chakra cleared um, like in 2009. I never could speak for myself um, until I could. Yeah, it's interesting. It sounds like confronting the suffering you've been through 
and what it's done to you is actually freed you in many ways and it's actually allowed you to find who you really are a lot more and also be more in tune with with the spirit of God you know and um, more connected with yourself and yeah that's, that's, I think and one other suffering I didn't name, I'm sure there are probably more that I just don't think about it very often. But James, my, oh, I was driving downtown in downtown Cleveland, Ohio on May 1st of 1996. I was perfectionistic and I wasn't in my body, right? And I, Joy was going to interview a woman named Faith at our sister church what? to write an to write an article for the church newsletter and getting onto the highway i heard don't go now if i heard that today for who i am i would say thank you and i would turn around but in 1996 I heard it as fear from my egoic mind. Um, I didn't hear it as a warning and I went downtown. A couple blocks from my destination, I noticed horror on the faces of the people waiting at the red light to my right. I was approaching the green light and, and as I noticed their look of horror, my car was slammed into. What they had been watching was a man in a van having a seizure and hitting a lot of cars. And they saw him, you know, coming. You can imagine their horror that they watched him send my car in front of them. I just got goosebumps. Um, but the thing is, when I heard don't go and I, I realized I have to write the story, I'm going, I prayed for protection. And so my car was the lead car on a one-way street that got pushed through a green light. I was as protected as I could be on the busy streets of Cleveland, Ohio at 11.30 in the morning. But for who I was, having a physician for a father, I never even thought of going to chiropractic. Um, I kept running to my physician with chronic back and neck pain, and he kept sending me to physical therapy um, it was um, nine years later that I heard a message from a friend who said, I'm seeing an, an awesome chiropractor and I'm seeing a wonderful massage therapist, Joy, and maybe you want to visit them. And I had been living with this accident in my body for nine years and suffering. Um, now my... The amount of time from being hurt and being healed is really fast. <laughs> I 
I don't suffer um, like I used to. That's interesting. It's a fascinating story about that car because as someone who is epileptic and has seizures, um, I haven't had one for a couple of years now, but, um, but who's had seizures, um, that was, and I don't drive. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the reason. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. Um, it, yeah. because, you know, it was quite chilling to hear that, you know, a um, little reminder, um, I guess, for me. But um, it is interesting. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, so much there that you, you talked about this. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a certain, I think I'm definitely a fan of medicine. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Doctors are a good thing. Medicine's a good thing. But I do think um, there's a place for uh, other kinds of medicine as well. Um, I think sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the illness that we have is is in our soul. It's not just a physical thing. It's a you know sometimes it is just a physical thing. Sometimes we get ill, we get sick, we get disease, we get. A medical condition or whatever um, and that has to be treated by doctors and that's yeah obviously but I think there are other times when there's something wrong with our soul and I've heard stories like your one where it was simply something that needed to be treated it couldn't just be treated by a doctor you know that um, that there was something going on deeper that, that that needed to be released you know so I think you know I'm a believer in both I, you know I take medication for my epilepsy. I believe I'm not one of these. There's a lot of Christians who kind of think you shouldn't take medication and you should ignore doctors and all this kind of thing. I don't subscribe to that whatsoever. Um, I'm a great believer in uh, medicine and um, uh, all that kind of thing. I think it's very, very important. You know, I think like there's a, I think doctors are gifted by God in their particular fields. I think medication is given to us by God. All that kind of thing, you know. Why wouldn't it be, you know? So, um, um, you know, some Christians. I don't know why Christians don't. Some Christians don't believe that. It's obvious to me. But what I'm trying to say is, there's a place for other kinds of things as well. I think you know, we need to yeah. be open to that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In fact, if you want me to, I can tell a, a little another story of what happened to me recently of a healing I had that wasn't dental it was um otherwise um do you, you want to hear you've got that? to tell it, you've got to tell it now <laughs> <laughs> okay so i was having this tooth discomfort that started in february of this year and i was leaving for my journey to south africa and namibia um six weeks later and i thought well i don't want to be on that continent um, with a bad tooth issue, so I better go to the dentist. Mm. He ruled out anything dental. And I thought, wow, okay. And what I was having was this um, about two or three times a day, a real discomfort in a tooth. It didn't quite feel like a nerve. I couldn't really understand what it was, but... Mm. It was not fun, but I realized that, you know, people have chronic things. And if, if I'm going to have this chronic thing, I will survive. 
I'm rather tough, (laughs) but off I went to Africa. I had this amazing adventure with my son. We went on a photo safari in South Africa and we went to Namibia. And in South Africa, we were invited to um, skip a game drive on one afternoon and do some local visiting if we wanted to visit a Zulu medicine woman and a school and, and we did, we said, yes, please. This Zulu medicine woman told us things and then she asked if there were questions. So through the interpreter, I asked, um, I have this tooth thing, it's not dental. Does she have any ideas? She told me to make a memorial to my grandparents. And when she said that, James, I remembered there was one grandmother in my life that I never liked. So as you can imagine, when I had mentioned my rageaholic, verbally abusive father, Mm. he, he was wounded from his mother and he was not healed. So he passed on his rage and his anger But, so I never liked that grandmother um, because he passed down his, he really hated her actually. He passed down his hatred for his mother to us. And I was a very sensitive child. So I didn't like this Nana. That evening in South Africa, I started forgiveness prayers to her Now, she's been gone since the 80s, and my tooth was still doing its thing, doing its thing. I got home to North Carolina, and I made an appointment with, um, are you familiar with craniosacral therapy? No, no. Okay, so, yeah, craniosacral, it's, so from the cranium to the sacrum, I'm pretty sure they are. They work under you as you lie on your back. I believe they are manipulating the spinal fluid somehow to help bring you back into balance. And I have learned over time that if I fall down, because I've had a number of instances of tripping or slipping on mud or falling down, that if I fall down, I make an appointment with this therapist in my town and I had fallen in South Africa. So I made an appointment with Kim. She asked me all about Africa and I was telling her. And then she said, Joy, your grandmother is here. Now, I don't know if she saw Nana if she felt Nana, if she simply was, I don't know, but I started to cry and I had this big release and asked my Nana if she would forgive me. Um, Really words I had been saying in my heart and in my mind, but I said them out loud as I was crying. 
And then I saw in my mind's eye that she was embracing me in her lap. She was loving me. And the next day, when I felt this tooth thing, I intuited that it was a goodbye, that it was the last time I would be feeling that discomfort in my tooth. And in fact, it thankfully, it was. I believe that I received a healing of a relationship with my deceased grandmother because of a message from my tooth and a Zulu medicine woman (laughs) in South Africa. Wow. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And so it gave me this deeper understanding of the connection you mentioned earlier in the broadcast of the oneness Mm. that exists in the world that I believe that I have been so led to heal so much in me that here is something that had been in me for 55 years of this dislike of my Nana that I was brought to a healing of this. Mm. And I just got goosebumps because she was a very powerful woman. that I, I really didn't, you know, get to appreciate who she was when I was alive, when she, when she was alive. Um, but to have her now in my corner as an ancestor, it's really awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's really love, great. Yeah, you know, freeing up any angst inside me now that can be more filled with her love and mm. It's a very good thing. Yeah, forgiveness. Forgiveness is so, so powerful, really. Yeah, Yeah. forgiveness. And I didn't even realize as much forgiveness work as I have done in my life consciously, I didn't realize that I was harboring something still towards her. So um, I'm really grateful for the toothache and the healing. Very... Mm. The other thing that you mentioned a bit earlier was perfectionism. Um, and, you know, as a writer and as somebody who coaches writers as well, this is something I kind of always rile up against. You know, perfectionism is bad. You know, like so many writers want to, you know, perfectionist and think that's a good thing because it will make their work better. But actually what, it, what happens with perfectionism, what I, what I, what I say is that when, when you're trying to be... When, when you're pursuing perfectionism, that actually your work's never good enough, you're never good enough, you always feel like a failure, and you feel anxiety and stress and tension, and you and eventually you want to give up because you don't think your work's ever going to be good enough. Um, so it's counterproductive, you know, um, because it kind of it stop it just it, it can cause writer's block. It can you just stop you writing altogether, you know. And when you free yourself to fail, then you can create better work. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 
Yeah. Thank you, James. Perfectionism. So my mother, I could be so dressed and look so fantastic, but mom would notice the scuff on my shoe. She was highly um, affected by perfectionism. And um, it then it became in me, I was, I was definitely a perfectionist. And the words that come to me about what that meant for me, James, are um, it made me a, per, a procrastinator mm. because, because I, it was fear. It was fear of starting, fear that it wouldn't be good enough, fear that even if I did it, it wouldn't be good enough. Because my dad would yell, um, why would I want to go to the band concert? Those kids can't play. And so for me, perfectionism and my creativity, they were all mixed up together in this mishmash of um, a ball of knots. But the more that I was able to release perfection and really I learned about taking baby steps into action, um, doing things just and trusting myself and I think it's been a it has been a journey of not worrying about what other people say about what I create and um, um, this journey to allow myself to create what is ask, asking to be created and I can tell you that like with my first book there were pretty many voices in me of who's going to read it, you know, it's never going to sell. And those interior voices, the second book, there was one voice, um, who's going to want it. And I was able to say, I don't need to know who's going to want it. I am simply going to create it. And my third and fourth book, there were no voices other than there ha there was the voice of it was kind of from my dear sons of why are you going to self-publish that also what about doing regular a regular publisher and when i started looking down that path i realized that for a picture book, which is how I picture this third book, for children, it needs to be under 800 words. Um, and my book is 1800 words. So at first, I cut my book down to conform to the form of conventional publishers. And I was all set to seek a publisher then synchronicity saved the day because um, a teacher who read my first book in the doctor's office, who took my journaling class, um, who was going to read my children's book to her daughter, invited me to read it to her class, her second grade class. And I read the shortened version to her class and, in fact, asked them to vote on three different topics in the book um, because there wasn't room for all of the topics. And later she said to me, 
Joy, I understand what you're doing, but I'm going to miss the rhymes about dance and energy and nature that didn't make it into this book. And when I was home that night, cleaning up my office, I noticed the whole book and I started leafing through it and reading and the rhymes for shine and time and unwind. You know, it's about unwinding feelings in you and mm. getting them out. Yeah, and sure. When I started reading, I'm like, no. And it's as if I heard spirit saying to me, you do not need the approval of a conventional publisher. You do not, I just got goosebumps again. You do not need anyone's approval to put your creations into the world. And I just felt much more strong in knowing this whole book. It's alphabetical. It's called Designed to Shine. Read aloud rhymes for any size heart that I need to put this entire book into the world. Mm. You know, it's this entire book supported by the spirit of Ted Geisel, <laughs> Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so why would I need anyone's approval? You know, so, I mean, perfectionism is going to always creep into my life, I think. <laughs> I think it, I think it creeps into a lot of our lives, yeah. But yeah, and uh, I just keep being reminded that I don't yeah. need outside approval for my path. I don't have to do anything perfectly. I simply need to take action towards my goals. Um. So, like right now, I'm interviewing artists. Um. For my book and. I'm not interviewing their work. And I know it's, I'm not going to find the perfect thing that's in my mind of the artwork for this book, but I will be given something very good that I can select the artist for this book and then get this book in the world as quickly as possible because of what you said earlier, that the world needs this kind of, book it needs the joy that i am bringing and the love and the peace that's in this book the kindness there's gratitude in this book and kindness and a beautiful i see it as families reading it together and talking about these concepts um mm. and the traditional publishing is a longer process also it takes yeah, absolutely. It a long time yeah it is yeah Oh, this has been great. This has been so great. Um, oh, but, um, to, just to finish, I think um, your website is called um, it's called Finding Joy. It's called, it's called joyonyourshoulders.com. Joyonyourshoulders.com. Yeah, now that phrase, joy on your shoulders, um, what, does, what does it mean? to you for us to find or to you what does it mean to you to find joy in your shoulders and what 
And what does it look like for all of us to have to find joy on our shoulders? <laughs> yeah, well, if I could say a little bit about that is, um, see, I am, I guess, I, I not guess, I am highly connected to my spiritual nature and to spirituality. And so that title came to me. I use that term a lot. It came to me. I received it. Joy on your shoulders. And it is J-O-Y-S. Joys. Yeah. When, and then, see, I had received the intuitive um, idea the inspired idea for the first product that my company makes that's batik, which are these stoles um, that can be worn or draped on an altar or draped on a mantle place. The stoles, I needed a seamstress. And when I decided, when I stopped having this idea knock on my gut, which it knocked on my gut for eight years, mm. When I finally decided to birth it, that I was enough to birth it, you know, that I, it was, you know, part of that was, who am I to birth this? And I had to heal enough into myself to realize that I needed to birth it. I opened the newspaper and the want ads, and there was Joy's Specialty Sewing Service. I dropped the newspaper with the synchronicity that this woman named Joy in my little town in the mountains mm. has the same, you know, joys, and that is joy on your shoulders is joys. Um, so she became my first seamstress to take that inspired idea and bring it into the world for me. And what does that look like? What do you think that would look like for each of us? That just that kind of basic, that kind of core idea of like that joy in your shoulders. What does that? What does that well, look like for you? I think each person will they'll read it as they'll read it, and I I don't know how everyone will take it. I've had someone, some guy, say something to me like. So are you going to sit on my? You know, like me sitting on his shoulders, like a um a little kid would sit on his shoulders. But for me, it was a metaphorical understanding. I was, be when I burst the first, um, the stoles, I was halfway through a program of certification in spiritual direction. And I just metaphorically felt like it, it would work. It would work for the material thing that I would be birthing and it would work for any joy that I could bring to another person. Um, I know teacher has been a very big part of me in my life and I have led classes. Um, and every time I meet with a client, she or he, is feels lighter and brighter leaving the room there is something in me that is god in me that brightens people up <laughs> so um joy on your shoulder 
Yeah, let me brighten your day, James. Hmm. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for coming on today, um, Joy. It's been so good uh, having you on here today and um, talking to you and learning so much. Um, So thank you for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been great. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Great. Well, that's um, all for this week, everyone. Um, Take care, and um, we'll talk again soon.